0: Once again, gathering together tonight, so welcome, thank you for joining us, and uh, Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock, and going to be considering uh, a passage again, just a couple of words uh, from the book of Romans right at the end, the last chapter and the last verse. Uh, So welcome, I trust it's been a a good week for you so far, and uh, always looking uh, day by day to see how God is at work and how His purposes are unfolding. So bow with me in prayer. And I thought I'd pray the prayer tonight that the Apostle Paul prays uh, for the Ephesians. And so pray with me as as we read these words uh, from Paul. Uh, He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory... And indeed, Lord, we we ask that uh, with the Apostle Paul, uh, the Ephesians were people in need of constant growth and encouragement in their walk with you. And Lord, we are no better. We we stand in a position of 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 need, and coming in this evening and just praying that your grace would abound to us. And even as uh, that prayer expressed, Lord, that we would know the infinite. Uh, value, and greatness of your love toward us in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight we are going to once again have a look at uh, this doxology that comes to us at the end of Romans. And and I know I I could have stopped uh, our study last time and, and simply said we're done. But what I uh, believe is that sometimes there's treasure that we often miss because of either familiarity or focus on something else, our eyes uh, just skip over some very, very valuable and and helpful truth. And and I believe that this uh, phrase that we're going to be looking at tonight, which is really a description uh, of God, uh, the nature of God, uh, can really help us in our daily walk uh, of faith and just in the unfolding of life and and, and particularly as the many unexpected realities occur. uh, What is it that uh, would be helpful to know about God in in such circumstances? So I want you to read the doxology again. uh, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel And the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings, has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith. And then verse 27, he ends with these words, To the only wise God. That's the phrase we're going to look at tonight. To the only wise God, God willing next week, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, again, just to pray that you would direct our thoughts in ways that apply to everyday living and that we would not live lives detached from who you are as the Lord God Almighty. And so asking for your spirit to minister this truth, applying it into our lives uh, day by day, preparing us perhaps even for something in the future, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So to introduce the subject, uh, just to think about something uh, recent. And uh, we know the recent events around the withdrawal of the United States troops from Afghanistan Uh, about five or six weeks ago now, I guess it was, that President Biden announced that there would be a withdrawal and that there would be a deadline uh, of the troops uh, out of Afghanistan, and and something unexpected happened. Uh, I don't think anybody uh, thought, I don't think President Biden envisaged that the Taliban would take the country over so quickly, Um, so effectively and efficiently and so we ask the question it would be a good question it is a good question to ask Uh, was the United States uh, the leaving of of Afghanistan was that wise was it wise this question is it a wise move or was it a wise move is is a question we, we regularly ask uh, of ourselves and, and of other people in, in decisions that we make, in, in choices that we uh, arrive at. Uh, many of us repeatedly asking, and, and we've seen, uh, for example, family members, we've seen friends uh, make decisions to, to immigrate. And and the question is, is it wise to move to the United Kingdom? Is it wise to move to New Zealand or Australia or any other place in the world so, so the, the consideration of, of wisdom uh, other uh, perhaps even si- uh, silly things smaller things is it is it wise when we have little children we say is it wise to take them out in the cold um perhaps of a teenager we might even want to say is it wise is it wise for that teenager to be leaving school before completing matric so many questions uh, I remember when Carol and I got married, uh, we were very, very young. And I think many people were thinking it, but they didn't say it. Is it wise that they should be getting married so young? And, and, and rightly so. It's a good question to be asking. So these are some of the questions and they're good questions to ask. And uh, wh- what are we really doing when we ask that question? We are trying to give thought to options that are before us, and then to land at a particular decision, knowing that whatever decision we take, consequences of some sort will follow. So decisions and choices are never in isolation. There there is something that follows on, there is something that happens thereafter. It's getting to a a key junction in a road. If you go to the left, you're going to end up in Potsdam. If you go to the right, you're going to end up in, in, in uh, and So the, the consequences to these decisions. And so we, we we know that we constantly need wisdom. And right at the outset, I need to say that in the book of James, we are told over there, if any man lacks wisdom, he should ask of God. And James chapter one, verse five says that God gives generously to all without reproach. And so, yes, uh, we need help. We, we need wisdom. We need to make the right kind of choices, because there are consequences we, which we may regret or we, we may even rejoice over uh, down the line. That's in a general sense. And just for the introduction to get us thinking about the topic, but I want to go a little bit uh, perhaps closer to the bone. Uh, what about those unexpected, hard situations of life outside of our control? So we make choices, and and, and should we take a child outside into the cold? Yes or no? That is our decision. It's under our control. But there's some things, many things that happen to us uh, individually or as a family or even in the broader context of a country or a church. (coughs) Excuse me. There are things outside of our control. We, we, we have no say in it. We, we have no control over it. And so it, it, it does lead us to ask a question, lead us to asking, really, it's my first point tonight, an awkward question about God. There are things that happen that to us just don't seem to make sense. They leave us wondering. Uh, questioning the wisdom of God. About you, is that would that be an honest statement of, of any of us? If we haven't articulated that kind of thing, we've, we've certainly along the line thought it. And I can give you some examples. Uh, we have a, a relative uh, many, many years ago uh, engaged to a young man, and uh, he was working, stopped at somebody's gate, uh, on a particular day, and he was killed. Somebody shot him. And so totally outside of her control, uh, the question of, of wisdom uh, Somebody dies of, of, of cancer, a, t- a terminal disease. We, we repeatedly see this uh, around us. It can happen to any one of us. Uh, somebody uh, has a severe handicap, is born with a severe handicap. Another good friend of, of, of mine, uh, his, he and his wife, uh, long looking forward to their second child's birth. And, and literally days before she was to be born, they discovered that she had died in the womb and, and was still born. And and so the question, the questions come flooding into our minds. Uh, Lord, is this wise? Where's where the wisdom in in this kind of action? And so those kinds of situations, and I'm sure there are many more, leave us with the tension, or perhaps what we could call a dilemma. There, there, there are two sides to this dilemma. We know on the one hand that the scriptures affirm that God is sovereign. That God is that God is in control, that God is all knowing, that God is all powerful, that God is in the driving seat, that he coordinates, that he that he intervenes, that he that he unfolds. So so we, we hold that truth about God on the one side. No one can stand in God's way. No one will frustrate the purposes of God. And yet, unexpected. Undesirable, unwanted events and crises pop up all over the place. So if these undesirable situations are not outside of the control of God, then we want to ask, is God always wise? Very important question to settle in your mind wondering about the wisdom of God. Why that crisis? Why that family robbed of, of a father because of, of a disease and, 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 and still so young? Uh, why? Uh, God, was that a good thing? Was that a wise thing? Well, the answer to this really awkward question is provided for us at the end of this book. And this is the phrase that I want us to explore today. And uh, we know that it comes at the end of the book of Romans. And the book of Romans is a a theological uh, book that uh, really is quite controversial. And uh, I think it's important when when people grapple with the theology of Romans to to understand this phrase that this book actually uh, uh, exposes right at the end. And so this concluding phrase of the doxology settles the matter. We're going to explore it tonight. Why is it that it settles this, this dilemma, this, this tension, these questions, this awkward question that we ask? When he says in verse 27, To the only wise God be glory forever and ever. Amen. Which leads me to my second point, which is a, an, an, an affirming statement confirming the truth God is infinitely wise that's what the passage says you can't interpret it in another way it's it's a statement of fact this is a a a truth statement well I want to give you a definition of of wisdom and Jamie will put it up on the screen I think it's worth looking at it's a a definition that John Piper uh, gives of of wisdom and uh, this is what he says wisdom knows what the greatest goal is in any situation and what the best way is to achieve it. Okay? That's the goal and the best way to achieve it. Now, just an illustration, perhaps a silly illustration. I haven't done this for a long time, but when I was younger, I used to play chess and uh, we know in the game of chess that uh, sometimes, uh, well, before I say the sometimes the goal of chess is to defeat the king, the opposing uh, side king, you want to uh, knock him off the board, you want to destroy him. But to destroy the king in the strategy, in the process of the game, it, may, it might be necessary, it might be necessary to sacrifice a knight or a bishop or perhaps even the queen so that the goal can be achieved to win the game of chess. Perhaps a less uh, serious uh, example is the wisdom we apply in travel. Every time we get in our cars, we have the desire to get to our destination safely. That's the goal. Uh, You're going to go on holiday or you want to get to work or you want to get to church. You want to get there safely. So what do you do? You obey the rules of the road. You keep to the left of the road. You stop at the red robots and, and you don't drive into other cars. And, and did you get the point? And, and to bring another definition by Leon Morris. And again, we'll just put that up on the screen. Uh, wisdom directs all things to the best end. Now, I really want to encourage you to jot down those definitions and, and think about them and, 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 and as they apply to your own circumstances. So we need to see that, that wisdom is very different to knowledge. But wisdom assumes knowledge. You can't exercise wisdom if you don't have knowledge. Because in order to decide on the best way to achieve the goal, you have to know the facts. On the other hand, you can have a lot of knowledge. And have no wisdom. Think of Psalm 14. Verse 1. The psalmist says there. The fool says in his heart. There is no God. He might be the guy with the highest IQ. Or the cleverest girl in the world. But. Lacks wisdom. Because he says there is no God. Well God is described here for us in this passage. As the only wise God. Now what that means is not the one wise God amongst many other gods. I think I'm stating the obvious, but rather he's the one and only God who is wise and all wise. Even back in the Old Testament, the afflicted Job in his conversation with uh, with Bildad, he confesses in chapter 9 verse 4, he is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Well, let's think again the context of the book of Romans. Remember that this is not a statement that comes in isolation about God. It's an application that we need to be thinking of. The theme of the letter uh, to the Romans is a clarification of the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus. And it's by looking at the gospel as we get to the end and see the statement, that we will be able to see the infinite wisdom of God uh, exposed or revealed. And we see it in the way that he saves sinners from condemnation, uh, from separation from his favor, which leads me to my third point. And, 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 and this, this is an extremely important point that we need to grab hold of so as then to apply that in other circumstances of life. And so my question is, as we look at the book of Romans and we look at other books of the Bible or verses of the Bible, is God infinitely wise in the way that he saves sinners? Well, God has determined, we know from the beginning of the book of Romans, uh, that uh, he was promising uh, salvation uh, for sinful men and women. Even speaking through the prophets of old, uh, that the way of salvation for sinners would come through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So go back to right, right to the beginning of Romans 1 verse 1. Paul set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So, th- so, so this is not something that God is doing ad hoc. This is something that is predetermined. Uh, God has planned this in advance. So let's think about... What Jesus did when he came. God taking on human flesh, becoming part of an ordinary, we could say perhaps even peasant family, having three years of ministry, public ministry in teaching, in word and and also indeed in in miracles and uh, that which he did. Uh, then leading on to what could best be described as a shameful execution, uh, identified and and convicted as a criminal. Uh, Three days later, the resurrection from the dead, and and then ascension into heaven that follows uh, soon after that, and not forgetting that he leaves behind a bunch of imperfect disciples. Uh, And God says of this, that it's infinite wisdom. That God is all-wise, all wise in doing this. And so to make this statement, this is the perfect way to accomplish to accomplish the greatest goal. Because remember, that's what wisdom is. The perfect way to accomplish the greatest goal. It could not have been done in a better way. The connection between the work of Christ, those aspects of his work that I just raised and what was accomplished. And the wisdom of God is spoken of by the Apostle Paul when he writes to the Corinthians. And I'm going to uh, touch on just some of the verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 21. Since, for since in the wisdom of God, the world did not go, know God through wisdom. So say that again. Since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. Meaning that, that, that God had rejected or did reject any possibility of salvation uh, by human intellect. So this is not going to be something, salvation is not going to be something engineered or brought about, originated or secured uh, by human ability. Whether it be intellect, whether it be uh, by knowledge or by wisdom, rather as the verse continues, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. It's a foolishness that the world sees in terms of their observation, in terms of the world's conclusion at the way God went about saving sinners. You see, at this point, he calls God's way of salvation Foolishness, But it's foolishness in the eyes of the world. And again, I read on in verse 20, 22. Wh- wh- what is it that the world wants when they want to see something spectacular happening? Well, the Jews demand science. The Greeks demand wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to the Gentiles. So what we do and, and what God has done that we're witnessing to seems foolishness to the world. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So where am I going in this? God determines a way of salvation uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ that goes against the grain, against what people would think, what the Jews demand, what the, what the, what the Gentiles expected. He he saves, he he chooses to save sinners through the human foolishness of a crucified Messiah. Now, here's here's the the crux of the point that I'm trying to make here tonight. This Christ, in his most foolish moment, is the wisdom of God. That's worth repeating. This Christ, in his most foolish moment, is the wisdom of God. And in his weakest looking moment is the power of God. Verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 1. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now we want to ask the question, it's a question that comes to mind. Why is... Uh, this an infinitely wiser way to save sinners. Now, remember, if we go back to the definition of wisdom, the wisdom of God is always the perfect way to achieve the greatest goal. So what, what is the greatest goal? Well, we go back to the scriptures in verse 26 of 1 Corinthians, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God, now this is important to see, God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, those that think they are wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong, those who think that they are strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. Now here is the goal. Verse 29. So that, there's the purpose clause, so that. No human being might boast in the presence of God. Got to get that. So that no human being, so that you, me, anybody else, big cheese, little cheese, doesn't matter who you are. No human may boast in the presence of God. So God God chose, God chose very specifically, definitely, and, and, and purchased us, And called us in the way that would strip us of every ground of boasting. There's nothing about us that we can bring to the table. There's the goal. That no human being might boast in the presence of God. Now, Now we can put that positively as he does in verse 30. And because of him you are in Christ who became to us the wisdom from God righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that as it is written let the one who boasts boast in the Lord God gets the credit so similar to what we were looking at on Sunday and so now in this life but also in heaven as those who anticipate and look forward to the day when we stand before God will do so with Empty hands, not patting ourselves on the back. If you think you're going to pat yourself on the back or you think you're a worthy uh, citizen at the moment, earning your credit into heaven, you've missed the gospel. You and I have no merit of our own. You're not a believer. You won't be in heaven apart from the work of Christ on your behalf your present justification, your future glorification, only because of him. And so do you see what's happening over here? The best end is being achieved. The greatest goal of salvation is achieved. The infinite wisdom is aiming at this to accomplish. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So there's no doubt that God accomplishes his intended goal in saving sinners, Uh, proving that God is infinitely wise in the way that he does it. Now, Now, that should form the foundation of our thinking in terms of God being all wise, the way that he saves sinners, leading to the ultimate goal where God gets the glory. But I want to move on to a third point, and the third point is going to try and look at the question, what about those everyday disappointments that are outside of our control? The unexpected bends in the roads, the frequent challenges, the heartaches, the illnesses, the, 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 the hard things in life. Does the wisdom of God reach into every aspect of life, or is it limited just to his work of salvation. So my fourth question then is, is God infinitely wise in all things? It does get close to our hearts at this particular time, because if you are going through a particularly hard time uh, at this time, and your heart is breaking and and, and aching and wondering, uh, questioning, does this all wise God, Also, is he also achieving something? Yeah, or is this excluded? Well, I want to go back to another verse in the book of Romans, and it's chapter 11. Now, if you can recall, uh, some of the most difficult chapters in the Bible, never mind the book of Romans, comes in Romans chapter 9 to chapter 11. Really difficult Uh, passages of scripture to interpret and understand. But when you get to the end of those extremely difficult uh, verses and chapters, uh, the apostle ends with these words in verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. Now, just to take a bit of a side take, a lot of people don't even like to read those two chapters. They, They don't like it. But the point that the, Paul, that the Apostle trying is saying, you know what, you may have your particular views and you may think this is foolishness and you may not think this is right. But let me remind you in this little, uh, little uh, it's almost like a little poem, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. In other words, the wisdom of God even applies in the context of Romans chapter 9 to 11. But what do we see? What is he saying in verse 33? The depth points to something uh, quite encouraging. The inexhaustibility of these qualities. The depth of riches and wisdom and knowledge. It is not possible to deplete the riches, mercy, grace, the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And our interest as we look at this uh, phrase about God being all wise, you cannot deplete, you cannot reduce, you cannot minimize, you cannot dilute the wisdom of God. God has all of these infinite qualities of supreme excellence. He goes on and he says, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways so, do we understand uh, the, the today's events uh, that we go through, the difficulties as a step by step process? Is uh, is God working through this to bring about a good end? Yes, that's that's the point. That's the point. Do 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 we understand, and 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 we ought to understand. We ought to 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 receive this kind of teaching. And Lord. Help us to see it. We don't understand your ways. We don't understand your judgments. But we know that you are all wise. I don't understand my predicament. I don't understand singleness. I don't understand unemployment. I don't understand the prosperity of the wicked. We don't understand. And and and, and the, the passage tonight is not saying that you must not deal with the reality of your thoughts. Verse 34, who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? See, we we can't know God's mind in its full extent. And and so there will be this this difference of approach, difference of opinion, difference of, of, of the way that we would do things. But what we need to always be resting on and falling on, But God is all wise. He's infinitely wise and I'm not. I'm finite. I'm I'm sinful. I've limited understanding. I've skewed understanding. See, there's never a situation where God needs to take advice. That's essentially what he's saying there. Uh, What he does is always wise, is always right, is always good. There's never a time when God is not bringing about the best end. It ought to help us overcome the temptation for us to think that God should be doing things differently. We feel that sometimes. I feel that sometimes. Or you feel it. But to come back to the revelation of who God is as always, And keep resting in that. The wisdom of God ultimately drives the truth of God's providential working in the lives of us believers. So that verse that we often quote to encourage other people. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who called according to his purpose. That that verse has as underpinning. The fact that God is all wise. Let me say a couple of comments in conclusion. It's easy to say this. And I don't say this as one from a position of of strength. Because I think I'm also learning what it's like to speak from a position of weakness. But there is an application here. That, that urges us as believers in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our pain, to know that we can trust God. Those things that we don't control, we trust Him. And it calls for faith. It does. It calls for faith to believe that which He has revealed about Himself, standing on that truth and all the promises. Given us in the Word. So even when it feels like our lives are stumbling and falling over an uneven surface of a road or uh, constantly tripping along, always look back to the cross. That's why the centrality of the cross is absolutely essential in, our, in, in the core of our belief system, in, 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 in our hearts. Christ is in his most foolish looking moment on the cross is the wisdom of God accomplishing the best end for those who are being saved. You as a believer, me as a believer. And so in our most foolish looking moments outside of our control, because sometimes we make stupid decisions, it's our own fault. But when it's outside of our control, we can remember that God is infinitely wise and his best is being accomplished. God knows. God knows he will bring about the greatest end. God is rich in wisdom. It's a wonderful attribute of God. We don't often refer to it. But God is rich in wisdom. He's all wise. We can. You can. I can. We should. We will see uh, uh, because of this wisdom. The only fitting conclusion that follows uh, the verse, but down the line when we look back to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, I don't want to take lightly tonight the difficult circumstances that many people find themselves in. Are they having gone through hardship of really extreme uh, nature? And, and perhaps even some, Lord, who will still face this kind of difficulty. We don't want to minimize the pain and the questions and the hurt and the hardship. But, Lord, I do pray that your revelation would provide uh, a sense of peace and a sense, Lord, of, 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 of that ability to know that you are doing ultimately that which is best and good, accomplishing that purpose that will bring about glory To your name, to God be the glory. Help us not not to just say those words because they form part of such a wonderful song. But may we sing those words from the depths of our heart because we believe it. Even in the midst of difficulty, we pray. And so be with us, Lord, each one of us. We stand in need daily of this uh, reminder, this work of your spirit as we ask it in your name. And Lord, for your glory's sake. Amen. So once again, just to conclude, we have a a screen that will pop up now with some questions. And uh, do feel free to take a a, a shot of that with your camera. And if you're having the opportunity with a couple of others in your Bible study group, perhaps even in the context of one or two others uh, to work through those questions, review, reconsider some of what I've said tonight. This is important for any one of us going through the hardships of life. So, God bless you. God bless you. Be with you. Looking forward to meeting again.